0: to the blizzard watch podcast the show where we talk about blizzard games and not 25 year old you know pbs shows we don't do that as much as we might want to uh with me this week are my two incredibly nostalgic i guess in a way co-hosts uh first up she remembers more about old television shows involving math than you ever will and stickney it's a skill
1: up? it's a life skill that I've learned. <laughs> i know i don't know what we're doing this week <laughs> I have a really weird and funky memory like my dad is continually weirded out that I remember the blueprint of the house that I grew up in before he added the second story to it and that's mostly because he added the second story when I was about two and a half three years old so like the fact that I remember anything from before that just really weirds him out
0: I don't know why either I just do I still remember the like the the exact way I would walk to get home from like kindergarten. Like, I could close my eyes, and if I were dropped in that spot, I could still do it. Like, I have, like, this really strong memory of how it went, but I can't remember our address.
1: I had to take the bus because we were out in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. So, yeah. And, I mean, it was probably, you know, thinking on it, it was probably a 10 or 15-minute ride
0: or something, but it seemed like an eternity when I was little. So, there you go. All right. Also, with us this week and not as interested in old PBS shows as we are, is Alex Zibart, the editor in chief of Blizzard Watch. Hello. Hello, Alex. What are you up to? That's not. Uh, I mean,
2: as long as we're talking about really old things such as houses, I went past my grandparents' old house yesterday. Really? Beautiful, beautiful red brick house. You know, we we didn't really want to leave, but we kind of had to, you know, a whole story. But the new owners painted the shutters white on a red brick house. And I just want to go up to the door and be like, you guys have to leave. <laughs> Why would you paint them white on a dark red brick house? i like, you don't, All right, you I guys guess they wanted go. to
1: make a statement piece. They're you, using you them don't as deserve
2: this house. <laughs> do you know, what's really what I
0: expected to hear from you though, because I've seen this, I've seen a similar house, the trim and red brick. Do you know what I've seen people do to red brick houses? What? what? Paint the, bricks the brick. Blue. No. Uh, yeah. Blue
2: blue they painted the bricks
0: blue yes a blue house is inherently kind of odd you don't see a lot of blue houses in the first place to paint a red brick house blue is to miss the point of a red brick house so there
1: was this house downtown that we always it was it was the weird house and it was um bright purple and the trim was like this lime green color
2: (laughs) I don't. They they chose
1: that. They chose that color combination.
2: I'm okay with people doing something really crazy, like completely out there. But yeah, but not doing something just kind of a a a little weird. You're
1: not supposed to do that.
2: It's like an an, an eccentric artist's house or something. That's fine. All right. Before we do an entire show about PBS and
0: old houses, um, which they would do on PBS, I'm convinced there's a, house, a show on PBS somewhere about old houses Isn't being painted. This weird. old
1: house on there? No. Maybe. But
0: we should probably talk about um. Yeah. Well, Blizzard. Uh, actually, have a few pieces of news this week. Um, we're going to do the top stories, which we usually do every week. Uh, so. We'll move right into it. Um, I, I guess we'll talk about the easy one first. Uh, Tracer is now available in Heroes of
2: the Storm. So, yeah. Yep. That's for pre-orders from Overwatch? Uh, no, she... <laughs> Tracer is very complicated. People who pre-ordered digitally got access to her last week or the week before, I think.
1: It was an mm-hmm. early access thing, yes.
2: This week, she's available to purchase as a standalone for money or in-game gold. But if you pre-ordered a physical box, you will still get Tracer, but not until you receive a physical box next month.
0: So you can, if you pre-ordered it digitally, you got it right now. But if you bought Wait. the game not digitally, you don't get it until you right. get the game? Wow. You, need,
2: you need to add the game to your Battle.net account for it to go, okay, you have you have the the deluxe here's tracer. But if you're getting a physical box, you're not going to be able to add it to your account until you receive the physical box.
1: Didn't they didn't they say that like participating retailers are handing out codes or something so that you can go ahead and get tracer
2: uh, or something? Maybe, but Clearly not everyone is participating then. (laughs) There are people upset they're not getting free Tracer until next month when people who did not pre-order can buy her today.
1: That's kind of stepping on the whole concept of buying a physical collector's edition to begin. It's like, here, you can have all of these goodies, but you can't actually have them until May. And we're giving all the people who bought the digital stuff things really early.
2: I mean, there's not really a way they can control that. No, but... <laughs> if it Amazon just... or Target or Walmart or Kmart or whoever isn't going to give you a digital code, they're just going to give you the box, well, you don't get that box till the street date.
0: Yeah, that is unfortunate. Huh. But, um, that's so that's Tracer's complicated purchasing history, which even I didn't know it was that complicated. That's kind Have of you messed tried
1: up. playing her in Heroes yet, Alex, at all?
2: I no, haven't. Yes. Because uh, everybody wants to play her. Oh! <laughs> um, as soon as she became available from the digital pre-orders, like every single game had a tracer in it. Uh,
1: Which means it, that if you queue as a tracer, if you're... you queue
2: as tracer, you're going to be waiting a while.
1: Oh, well, so that's not
2: I did much fine. <laughs> with with every new hero, that's what I do. Like, yeah, people are going to be playing it like crazy the first week. I'll just wait a couple of weeks. Like. Um, and it's when I buy I buy my heroes with gold too, and the price always drops after two weeks. When it first comes out it's fifteen thousand gold. If you wait two weeks, it's ten thousand gold. I'll get it for ten thousand. And people have stopped playing it by that point.
1: So is so. she going to be ten thousand gold before the collectors edition people can even get their hands on her? Probably. Wow. That's kind of a little messed up. I'm I'm
0: surprised they didn't think about like think through that one. I don't know. It's felt like the past couple of WoW expansions, at least, it's felt like they really are kind of subtly moving away from the collector's editions and towards digital. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, but the thing that's is, what, is like, gaming in general. Yeah,
1: I like the collectors. Like, I I love getting the world of the physical collector's edition for World of Warcraft expansions because they come with the soundtrack and they also come with the art book, and the art oh, yeah, book just... is
0: great. I'm not disagreeing with you that I like, you know, like I, the art bag book I have for the Cataclysm one is really nice. I'm just feeling, so I'm just saying that this is what I feel from looking at what Blizzard is doing. I was
1: kind of disappointed
0: feel... with the art book for Warlords, mostly because three
1: quarters of the book, like there was no Draenei stuff in it at all. It was all Orc stuff and pictures of buildings from the garrisons, and I'm like, this isn't. The other ones were
0: cooler. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly, feel like we could get into a huge rant about that one, but um. Moving on, uh, I guess – well, you know what happened? It, it's not it, – might as well talk about it. Uh, today, r- really early today, by the way, I happen to have been up. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning where I am. Uh, J. Allen Brack got posted to the forums – actually, Natharia posted it for him um, – a response to the entire legacy servers slash um petition debate that's been going on. If you don't know the, the subject, basically – Uh, Nostalrius was one of the largest private servers, and it was the one that was basically all just vanilla. You level 60, everything the way it was in vanilla. You didn't know new races, none of that stuff. And uh, it got shut down because Blizzard shuts down private servers. That's what they do. Um, And there's been a big debate. Um, There's been a petition going around. People have been trying to get Blizzard to open legacy servers themselves. And Brack's response basically... I'm gonna say this straight up. It wasn't a new response. No. Uh, this is basically what they've been saying all along. I mean, both either one of you. Did you see anything really new in this?
1: Well, they were just kind of reiterating, you know, the reason that they had to take it down. They had to take it down because if they didn't, if they didn't protect against any of that intellectual property infringement stuff, then that would kind of weaken and damage their claim to said stuff. So sometimes.
2: I think- I wonder how they pick their targets, though.
0: I don't know. I would think that in this case they picked their target because it was huge and hard to ignore.
2: Yeah. I, Kronos is another big one, and it's been around for quite a while too. And basically, everybody who was playing on nostalgia just went to Chronos. Well, and that one's still there. <laughs> we'll see what happens in a month or two. <laughs> yeah.
0: I yeah. kind of feel like I kind of feel like you may have done something here, Alex. Um,
2: but that's just gonna happen, you know. They're just gonna they're just gonna keep going to additional private servers. And are going to have to take them down forever. It's just yeah, that's just, that's just how it is. is. I'm just curious
1: I how they decide
2: was, this is our target.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that, that Brack did flat out say, you know, they've looked into the possibility, but there isn't actually, like, a clear legal path to protect the IP and grab, grant any kind of an operating license to these private servers.
0: Well, They've, they've about
1: looked today. at it. There's just no way yeah. to do it.
0: What we were talking about today in WorkChat and Joe, uh, Joe Perez, who's our Shaman columnist, he works he's worked for years and in, in, uh, you know for an internet provider. And he mentioned one of the problems with licensing is it opens you up to liability. Yeah. If they, open, if they allowed people to license their IP from this way, if they allowed people to like, license up a vanilla server, and then those people did something like, say, took everyone's money and shut down, Blizzard would be liable because they license these guys. So there's there's a ton of stuff involved in this that isn't as simple as why don't they just do X? Um, they don't just a lot do X of it because it's legal
1: stuff. A lot of it yeah. is legal stuff and it has nothing to do with how much people would love this idea or how many people would play this or you know, X Y Z. It's it all boils down to legal,
0: really. No, and plus, I mean the other the other problem is why does not Blizzard just do it themselves? Um, they'd have to do it on top of maintaining the servers they already have. Uh, and they would have to basically now have people whose job it was to run the legacy servers, to make sure they stayed up. Keep in mind that these we we, up, we updated World of Warcraft throughout the you know 12-year history of the game because there were problems. <laughs> Some of the stuff they did, it, it was running on completely different hardware like 10 years ago. When Beast, BC came out in 2007, January of 2007, am I correct? Uh, That's what Burning Crusade dropped. Yes. Okay, so if you think about it, the, the equipment that was being used in December of 2006, when it was run, the last time we we had like a purely legacy, purely vanilla WoW, the hardware they were using is now 10 years obsolete. The the programs were, you know, there's a reason that they've when they they recently upgraded WoW to a completely different kind of of caching system, because computer technology has progressed. Even if we're still playing the same game, I honestly feel like there'd be there's issues we don't even know about that we wouldn't even think about. It wouldn't even you know, make sense to us.
2: What it, what it comes down to for me is like, I know I mean, it's there's nothing that says Blizzard can't do it. I mean, if, oh, no, if, these guys, it. if these guys did it independently on their own and got it running on hardware and were hosting it and got the scripting working, Blizzard can do it. It's just yeah. do they think the profit is there? And it's a business, so there does have to be profit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, plus, let, let's be completely honest – uh, it really wouldn't be hard at all for Blizzard to put up a legacy server. How many legacy servers are they going to need to put up, and what's going to happen on those servers? Because keep, keep in mind, it's not like that game can't update. Like, are they going to have to go back and do balance patches on you know 1.6? Like, you know, it's the next RAM is patch forever, but we need to do balance patches because shadow priests are just too strong in PvP. Like, no. I mean, if people, or you just leave it that way forever. Just
2: leave, you know. I mean, you, you if can, people are asking for a snapshot of, you know, one point twelve, or say, okay, here's one point twelve. Play on it. We will keep the server running. And uh, that's all you get. It that's is what cool. it is. And I think, I think people would be fine with that. I think Blizzard can put a big disclaimer like this is.
0: Oh, I don't the think up a big as of. I don't. I don't think putting up a disclaimer is going to stop people from complaining. It never has. It never will. Let's let me I'll just say that up front. People will play it uh, right now. If you put the legacy servers up right now, if you put up a snapshot of the next patch and that was it. And you said up front, never going to be any changes, never going to be updates. So, you know, shamans are going to hit you with the, with sulfuros and kill you. That's going to happen. This is the but only
1: on the horde because they don't exist on alliance.
0: Yeah. But but, you know, this is what it's going to be. Paladins on one side, horde. you know, shamans on the other. Some races, you know, no, no blood elves, none of that this is what you're going to get this is the game this is what you're getting people would absolutely play on it i i have no problem believing that i also have no problem believing people would would like play on it like some people this would be all they played this would be their wow yeah. i don't know how many that would be i really don't know if it would be enough to justify the outlay of time it's going to take cuz you still have to keep these servers up uh t- you know took money they straight up got money from people they 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 weren't shy about it. Um, they didn't well, charge, but they, you know, they asked for donations. They, it costs money to do this.
2: Yeah, to just, because people will nitpick about this. Um, the Nostalrius admins never received money that went in their pocket. No,
0: it went no. directly people, it went to People service. could pay
2: directly for servers.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, that this will cost money. Blizzard is not going to put up servers just to... You know, so you pay the cost of the servers.
1: What did you guys not... think? What did you guys think there was that thing that they said at the end of the post there, where they were talking about um, opening a pristine realm, and basically that Useless. would turn off all leveling acceleration, including character transfers, heirloom gear, character boost, recruiter friend bonuses, wow token, any access to cross realm zones or group finder. It's all turned off.
2: Um, I don't think that would satisfy anybody.
0: I don't, <laughs> I don't know yet. what the point would be. Yeah. The thing is is that the people who the people I've talked to, the people who've argued with me, the people who've agreed with me, I think the, the main draw for legacy servers isn't necessarily the play experience. It's not necessarily leveling from one to sixty like as hard as possible, although some people do like that. I think it's because people miss wow. And that's really like the cataclysm changed the game. It changed the game in a way that some people are never gonna get over. Uh I mean, I don't think it's changed the game as much as people think it does. It has. I mean, you can still go explore, you can still see most of the old world. But yeah, it did. It really... Look, look at, you know, Thousand Needles.
2: Yeah. I, I
0: remember going to Thousand Needles and wandering around the racetrack. It's that, underwater now.
2: Yeah, that's what I would... You know, as... Like I've, I've said before, I would on occasion play on the Legacy server. I would never do it full-time, but I would do it on occasion. And one of the big drives for that is because I would love to see the old zones again. Uh, Cataclysm, like... Ashara, I, su-
1: I miss old Ashara. <laughs> I,
2: mean, I really support like advancing the game world and all that. I wish they would do more of it, but I think they didn't do a very good job with Cataclysm. I think they lost the essence of Azeroth in that. Um, you know, some of those zones <laughs> that that changed so dramatically like Thousand Needles. Like that's not even Thousand Needles anymore.
1: Slowpost no, just underwater. mentioned in the chat channel. Slugfolk said people want their barons back, their Orgamar auction house roof, and their gosh darn Stormwind Park. That yeah,
2: roof go the, the roof
1: to the Orgmar auction house. I spent like three quarters of my time in vanilla running
2: circles around that roof. And it's <laughs> it's always bothered me so much how Vanilla WoW, all the zones kind of had their own encapsulated almost a timeless story. Like Westfall was about Westfall and, and all yeah. this. Cataclysm, it made all of the zones about cataclysm so while the original game world lasted what six years the cataclysm versions lasted about six months because they deprecated themselves uh it's i think their approach to cataclysm and i would love to see the original versions again
0: so yeah i i I say this before i I, i've said it again i i'm in a weird position here in that Honestly, when I look back, I'm pretty anti-nostalgia. You know this. I, I'm pretty vociferously opposed to legacy servers. I, but the reason is, is because honestly, my vanilla was the best. I had the best bloody time in vanilla. I did everything. I was like the I was like a main tank warrior in the most progressed guild on my server. I could you know I could go PVP anytime I wanted. And I could smash high warlords' faces in because I had Nax gear. Yeah. I got to yeah. do all that stuff. I got to raid when other people never even got to see the raids. I was literally in the best position. I was in the 1%, straight up. I was having the most fun you could have in World of Warcraft. And because of that, I'm always very aware that other people didn't get to do that, mm-hmm. didn't get to see it, didn't get to experience it. And I don't think they, you know, I, I keep coming back to this idea of it's not as great as I remember it for everybody. You know what I mean? But at the same time, the argument just that people could use it for tourism, that people would use it for tourism, is what I think what it would, would ultimately be. I think you'd go to get to see – like, to use an example of a zone that isn't even all that different, the Hinterlands. Yeah. I remember riding across the Hinterlands the first time I ever did when I was like level 40, and we were trying to get the sprite darter quest done, and the zone is a level 47 zone. So wolves were coming at me from everywhere. Wolves would come halfway across the zone. There'd be wolves back at Airy Peak that would come riding over to kill <laughs> me, because I'm level forty in a level forty-seven zone, and I'm like delicious. And you'll never have that experience again, even if they dumped an entirely pure legacy server on the on live right now. That is, that experience is gone. What I find interesting
1: is like all of all of basically what we set out to do when we started our leveling stream was kind of that. In essence, yeah. was the whole pristine realm experience what they're describing yeah. as a pristine? Because we don't use the heirlooms, we don't use any of that, uh, the the character boosts or the tokens or any of that other stuff. And based it's just based
2: on that stream experience, is why I think the pristine realm would be useless.
1: It wouldn't work because right. I mean, even even now, if you don't use any of that stuff, you're still blowing through content like way faster
0: than it takes to. Well, plus, I mean. Let me let me like you're right. You're absolutely right about that. But what really gets to me, like what the leveling experience really showed me was that even if you're trying very hard to have your pristine experience, if you're trying to like level, um, is this going to be a pristine now ex- server or is it a pristine then server? Because a pristine now server is still modern. Wow. Yeah. You know, it still has people who decide I'm going to just fly in and follow you around. And granted, they're doing that because we're streaming it. But nevertheless, a level 100 guy can still zone in, like come into your zone anytime he wants, just fly around on Mim's head and just watch you.
1: I, yep. do, I do like that um, the end of the thing there, though, they, they mentioned that they have been in contact with some of the people who were operating that private server, mm-hmm. and they're going to continue having more conversations with those people. So it's not like they've been ignoring these people or anything. They're just kind of having internal
0: talks about the thing. Honestly, I mean, you know, it's not going to hurt my game if they put a legacy server out tomorrow. No, no. But that's my thing. As long as it doesn't hurt my game, I don't care. If they had to dump resources into it and it did hurt my game, then I would care.
2: What this, I think the thing I would really love to see, uh, I mean, this is asking even more than legacy servers, so uh, if legacy servers are, aren't happening, this probably won't happen. I would love to see World of Warcraft do the EverQuest thing, where they launch... Original World of Warcraft, and over time they deploy the patches and deploy the expansions, and just like at an accelerated rate, you see the life cycle of the game. So in theory, you could get together a raid group when it's you know patch 1.1 1. 1 of vanilla WoW. You're like, okay, we're going to do Anixia, and in that same group, in the matter of I don't know a year or two years, you're back up to World of the Draenor You've seen, you've gone through the whole thing as it was. It's
0: like a fast forward.
2: Yeah, I think that would be really cool.
0: I think you'd have to do it slower than that.
2: Well, yeah, I just yeah. Throw out the time, yeah, a <laughs> but, year for you know twelve years worth of World of Warcraft. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we have a week to get this down. Yeah. Oh God, Max is out already. Slower, they- <laughs> slower than
2: that, but I think it, I think it would be really cool to have the entire history and you know accelerated. You're you're not running molten core nerfed to hell with crazy overpowered classes like we have in you know, World is Drainer 2016, you would be doing it Molten Core 2004.
0: There's pros and cons to that, at least. I'll say this much for that idea, at least that meant there'd be progressive change. Because that's the thing that really bugs me about Legacy Services, there's no progressive change. That things just stay a snapshot. I don't like that. I get that some people do, but I don't. I don't, like, if you're bored by, you know, the game as it is right now, how bored will you be by the game as it was in 2005?
2: um, what if they did, like, Seasonal. Like once they reach the end of you know the history of World of Warcraft on that server, you can, if you choose to do so, you can transfer your main to a different realm, and then it resets to 2004. It's kind of
0: interesting. Just, it, it's not a bad idea, but I think you were right. If they can't do
2: right, servers, <laughs> it's, if they can't do legacy servers, they're not going to do this. So this just is do like, like
0: no,
1: a do like a seasonal thing where it's like, okay, so this season we get to play original World of Warcraft patch, whatever, Dire Maul just came out. Everybody go. And then oh, like God, the following no. season, it's like, okay, we're going to fast forward a little bit, and right now, you guys need to do the attunement for Tempest
0: Keep. <laughs> uh, I'm <just> <laughs> you had me terrified when you brought up Dire Maul. I, <laughs> that... uh, I was just posting pictures of my old WoW character like with his Quail Sarar and the sword from in Maladath, but the green one. The one from the Dragons of Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I was just looking at pictures of that, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, the amount of time I spent in Darmall trying to get that book.
2: And I, I was talking about this in our team chat earlier. It's like, in, you know, I did, like, f- all of the farming that went into raiding back in the day, right?
0: Oh, I, I would like not,
2: at, at the age I am now, I would not do it again. And at the time, yeah. We were grumpy about farming nature-resist gear. But at the same time, like, a camaraderie came with it, right? Like, I'm, my tank needs nightmare seeds for Black Temple. So me, the healer, I have herbalism. I'm just going to go get them for my tank. And it was, you know, part of this unit. And, oh, uh, our rogue doesn't have this nature-resist. Let's form a group and get that for them.
0: Alex, let me tell you, though, seriously, about that camaraderie idea. It's cool, but here's the thing that happened to me. It's 4 o'clock in the morning at my house, And my phone rings. (laughs) And it's the raid leader of my guild who wants me to log on because everybody else is out and the dragons are up. Here's your mistake. So I spent my day yes giving them my phone number, which was was expected back then. If you were a main tank, you had to be on call. It was seriously like a job.
2: I have our main tank's phone number. It really was.
0: When I had, no, when I had, when I got the job working for the site that I worked for before this one, you know, the one, um, when I get the job for that, I was thrilled because it meant that I would finally actually be getting paid for the second job I'd picked up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get that I'm being grumpy and I get that I'm like I'm I'm deliberately you know, shortchanging a lot of stuff that was really cool and fun because part of me doesn't think you can recapture it. And another part of me remembers all the stuff that you're talking about and shudders. Yeah. uh <laughs> like, oh. yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't care if there was a feeling of camaraderie. It was a feeling of camaraderie based on having thirty five people yell at me at once because I wasn't doing something right. I didn't tank Gar the right way or whatever. It just man, I, I loved somewhere, a lot of them. Did, somewhere on I,
1: my computer and it might actually not be on my computer it might be on one of my backup drives, but I have I have the map of Fellwood. And I actually created a map that mapped out where all of those little plants spawned so that you oh, could farm. Those. Yeah, exactly. Tubers like, knights, and Night's Dragon's Breath and all that other stuff. Yeah, because they spawned in like a cycle. And if you had like a group of people with you and you all clicked on the plant at the exact same time, you could all pick it. And and we used to like, we used to farm that stuff back in vanilla for hours, specifically for raids. Because there wasn't any like cooldown on potions at that point in time, you could just quaff a thing through the entire fight. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I'm gonna point out that we are now halfway through the show.
2: That's fine. I have I have one last Let, point. Yeah,
0: go go for it. <laughs>
2: okay. Um, when I think you know, Blizzard has all of these really amazing fan efforts that go on, right? Like Stalreus, they got the scripting working, they got the servers working, they were working on a Burning Crusade version for people want a Burning Crusade. Like they're they're doing this uh, when Valve sees people doing this with their games. These huge modding efforts, these huge fan efforts. Valve hires them. That's how you get Counter-Strike. That's how you get Dota 2. Uh, you know, Portal. They, these are people who have undergone like these intensive fan efforts to create a thing from a game they enjoy. For
1: no compensation.
2: Valve hires them, and it turns into printing money. Valve <laughs> prints money by hiring the, their fans to create these amazing things. And Valve hiring fans to create these amazing things is how Valve has Dota 2 instead of Blizzard, mm-hmm. a game that originated Warcraft 3. Yeah. Uh, when, when Blizzard overlooks these things or ignores them or shuts them down instead of incorporating them, I really think it's their loss. And so of everything Brack said in his post, the thing that was really interesting to me is that they're talking to the people from Nostalgia. Yeah, because if they're talking and it's a good talk about bringing them in house, like Valve has done successfully so often, that's great. Because the has proved they can do this thing. People are asking. Yeah,
0: well, the thing is, is that you know, I'm I don't think the technical issues are the real issues. I don't because if the technical issues were the real issues, there's ways to solve technical
2: issues. But if they already have a team of people who have been doing it, no, no, I'm not current WoW devs don't have to.
0: Yeah, then they you know they just have to pay more people. I don't. I don't know. I am not the guy who has the information on that thing. I will say this, that if you can do it and not hurt other people's game experience, then there's no reason not to do it. I mean, EverQuest has managed to do it. And quite frankly, I'm not a big EverQuest fan. I never have been. But that said, if you can please both groups, there's never a reason not to. I just kind of
1: hope that they do end up bringing the people that ran that server like bringing them into the company because these are the kind of people that you probably really want working for you honestly they Great. they know the game but more importantly they love the game to the point that they will go through all this effort for nothing I, that says a lot about you know these people and what they feel about that game that's the kind of people that you want on your staff really
0: if nothing else maybe it'll get people looking Di- looking at the game differently because i honestly do start to feel like
1: yeah wow, having that conversation starting that conversation is like one of those things that maybe this will get that conversation moving a little further than it has previously all right at this point though i'm going
0: to like insist we move on to emails because we have half a show
2: left. whispers of the old gods launched today
0: the oh, yeah yeah
1: hearthstone whispers of the old gods if you haven't picked it up you can pick it up today and you can play it woohoo so we want to do, so. do emails
0: Yep. Yes. Okay. So,
1: first email that we've got is from Rezo Doom, a norm warlock. Uh, yeah, which a
2: norm warlock.
1: A norm warlock. <laughs> no warlock. Dead. That's actually a really appropriate name, and I like it a lot. I feel like I should just interject and say that. Anyway, he says, hello, watchers. I'm one of the lucky ones and was able to procure two BlizzCon tickets for my wife and myself. As this is my first time going, I was wondering if you guys had any tips for folks going. Thanks for all the work you guys do, and keep up the great and entertaining podcast. Thank you. first tip. And wait, first off, like straight up, I'm going to say it before anybody else does. Drink water. Lots of water.
0: (laughs) Okay. No, no, my tip will actually help him. He won't have to drink lots of water. Put the tickets in an envelope. Lick the envelope, seal it. Address it to a, to me. <laughs> care of the city of Edmonton. Because I've never gotten to go. You, uh, not that I'm jealous or anything. Now, go on with your BlizzCon talk now while I sit here. Remember that I've never gone.
2: Okay, when you're living at home, you know, a normal day, you probably only wear one t-shirt. Um, triple that for BlizzCon just to be safe. If... If you or- are not used to a warm climate or you're just a generally sweaty person like I am, you're going to be moving around a lot. You're going to feel great and stink less for everyone around you if you just change your T-shirt in the middle of the day. Just, hey, I'm smelly, I'm sweaty. Change that T-shirt. Just do it.
1: For that matter, throw yourself in the shower midday.
2: Yeah, just race. If you
1: have time, not a bad idea. Um, I would say if you're actually there attending it, make Look, look at the, the list, like the actual, the actual schedule for all of the panels and things like that and pick the ones that you want to see the most in person because there is no way, no way you're going to be able to see all of them. But see, the thing is, is when you get a BlizzCon ticket, you also get the virtual ticket. So you get to see, you, you can go back and watch the panels that you missed later. So pick the ones that you want to see the most and go to those. and and...
0: i've been to other conventions i haven't been to blizzcon but one thing to keep in mind too is you're gonna want to like there's a lot of people around and every time you are in a situation with a lot of people around the chances of you getting sick increase um watch your personal contact and wash your hands frequently wash your hands don't touch things you don't have to touch um and when you do touch things, be be cautious of that. Don't touch your face after you've touched things. Don't bring your hands up to your face or your eyes or your nose or any of that. Cause that's how those germs get there.
1: Con cred so is a thing and it happens to everybody, but you can avoid it. I mean, I've successfully avoided it every BlizzCon I've ever been to.
2: And, and in the vein of what Ann said about panels, um, prioritize panels that won't be on the virtual ticket. Like there's some of the smaller stages, like the voice actor stage is not on the virtual ticket. It's a very small stage, limited seating. If there's voice acting stuff you want to see, prioritize that. Make sure that you go to at
1: least one of those panels on the voice actor stage because there's some of the best panels there, honestly.
2: (laughs) They're really great. And prioritize community events too. Like if there's a meetup for your server and you want to meet people from your server or if you have friends in there, make more time for that than the panels you can watch on the stream later
0: what did they do like last year wasn't there like an outside thing friday then like night before the convention that had a bunch of stuff too
2: um they do some different i know was it last year or the year before that they had the big like wow 10th anniversary
0: that
1: was the year before last when we were at the marriott
2: but they always have food trucks out there eat food
1: the food truck's I just remember food. there was
2: like
0: I remember you guys talking about them like having people out answering questions and stuff. So, be aware of stuff like that. that they, the stuff that they just kind of schedule that isn't really part of the convention. If you're going to be there anyway, you might want to catch it. I mean, if they're having people outside talking to people, why not? Yeah, don't, I mean, don't buy food inside the convention
1: center just go out to the food trucks because they're literally like
0: two minutes out of the way
1: you can go get food for probably about half the price of what they're selling and it's way better than
2: the stuff that they even, sell in the convention center even the food trucks can be kind of pricey but it's still cheaper and better than what's in it's the
1: better food set. it's honestly it's better food they've got some really good food trucks I mean, out there they I have love had the Viking some, truck. yeah.
2: And like, what is it there for a big thing? It's like 13 bucks, which is crazy for a sausage. You know, the guy from Wisconsin, I can get the same thing for, but it's the size of your arm. It's hysterical, (laughs) but it's still bigger and cheaper than the crap you get inside the convention hall. Don't, Anywhere except inside the conventional.
1: The other thing that I would recommend is take advantage of the online sale that they do, like the pre-sale for for people that have BlizzCon tickets for the merchandise. Um, order stuff online if you can, because you can't haul it all back with you if you're particularly if you're flying out there. There's like a limit of what you want to carry on an airplane. So when they open that 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 special. Sale That they do before the show and then that special sale that they do after the show where they're getting rid of everything. Honestly, I really appreciated that they opened the store a day early. Um, because that means that you don't have to go, okay, do I want to see a panel or do I want to go stand in line to get merchandise? You can go get the merchandise before the panels start.
2: If you're planning on buying a poster. And you need like a, a tube, whether for shipping or taking on a plane, get the tube before the convention. Yeah, bring it with there's, you. There's a FedEx and a UPS in the nearby hotels. But if you wait until the convention to go there to ship this poster or they buy sell a tube, out, like immediately. they're going to be out of it. <laughs> get it before the convention. Get it before you buy the poster. You'll be glad you did.
1: I think that kind of like wraps it
0: up, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Of course, if you if you mail the tickets to me, you don't have to worry about it.
1: And if you mail the tickets to Rossi, you don't have to worry about any of this. Um, Okay, moving on. Next question is actually, it looks like there's two questions here, but this is from Clampett, a level 100 troll hunter from Ravenholt. And he says, two questions for the podcast. Number one, I was wondering if you'd ever had a moment when something... Wow, this is really... Phrased oddly. I was wondering if you ever had a moment when something reference, some reference that Blizzard put into WoW was so jarring that it literally took you out of the game and made you say, What? Alex, I'm going to have you answer this because I'm pretty sure that you haven't an answered this, but let me finish this here. He, <laughs> okay. says, he says, for me, it happened this morning when I noticed that one of the NPCs in my garrison had a weapon, which was an old style double edged razor blade on a stick, right down to the cutouts on the side and the shape on the central notch. The realization pulled me right out of Draenor and into a version of the borrowers with tiny orcs making weapons from my shaving gear. Alex, that go weapon ahead. has existed. I, I, don't think I don't think that's
2: that a reference. That's just a weapon that's been in the game. That,
0: that weapon's been in game forever and ever.
2: Like vanilla or something like yeah. that. Um, I I am not morally opposed to pop culture references. I think Blizzard goes uh, overboarded them sometimes. Harrison Jones, uh, all of Oldham. The uh, second half of Oldham. Yeah. Um,
1: the first half with the kitty cat people was great, and I really coulda- wanted more
2: of that. Could have done without the Nazis and working for Nazis and Harrison Jones and all of that. I know it's a movie reference. That's the problem. Uh, Anytime they they don't let a pop culture joke just fade, it has those jokes have to hit you and then leave. When they linger, they get old, and that's when it pulls me out of the game.
1: What about you, Rossi?
0: Um, honestly, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the exact way to phrase this one. Um. Do you remember, like, I don't even know if you'd count this as a pop culture reference so much, but do you remember, like, when you go to Northrend and there's the bean quest in the outhouse and what happens after? Yeah. Yes. I could do with a lot less of those quests. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I, I don't, I get that poop is funny, you know, when you're five. and. And you know I I have an inner 5-year-old and I have laughed at these things at t- certain points in my life. Um there's an extended poop joke in one of the uh you know legal danish movies that I still laugh at when I see it. Um but I just I, I could do a lot less with poop quests. I'll just say it. I don't I don't care if they're pop culture references or not. I just don't like them and I want them to stop.
2: It's an, it's another one of those things that they they do it too
0: much. They 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 one in the grand was fine you don't really even have to think about it too much you know you're just doing it and it's you're over then then the north Ren one and it's it's an elaborate presentation and the implications are unsettling and then it just keeps going and there keeps being a new one and it's like there's like debuffs that tell you you're stinky because you've been in poop and it's like i get it <sighs> i get it poop yes yeah, so
2: yeah. The, the occasional poop is hilarious when it's poop all the way down can do yeah. without <laughs>
1: I'm going to kind of agree with what Alex said, um, particularly with the second half of Oldham because I, on the one hand, I kind of like, it was really funny to me the first time that I did it. And I think that the reason it was so funny to me the first time that I did it was because I was leveling to max level. Like I was trying to be the first rogue, max level rogue on my server and I, I was in second place. Like. Every time I tried to do that, every time I tried to do that run, I always ended up in second place. There was always one guy who got it before I did. But anyway, um, by the time we hit Oldham, we were all on vent talking to each other. And by the time we hit Oldham, we were so tired that everything was funny. (laughs) So it made us laugh a lot because, you know, we were like, this is great. This is really funny. I really want to sleep, but I can't. Right. Um Anyway, I, I, I think what you said is right, though. It, it, the best times to do it or the best times that I've had seeing it was just when it was like a one note thing, like where you saw an NPC and they were named a specific thing. And you're like, Haha, I get that reference. And then you move on, like having Harris Pilton in yeah. uh, Shatrath. You didn't really do anything with her. You bought some stuff from her if you wanted to buy bags. You bought bags from her and things. But otherwise, you really didn't do it. She was just there. And I thought it was really clever that if you had an eye of shadow, you could see the ghost of, what was it, Ricoll Nietzsche or something like that. Anyway, it was like Paris Hilton's best friend in ghost form. I don't know. Um, yeah. That was kind of a clever little side thing that not a lot of people saw. But beyond that, when you start making like the point of an entire zone is just like an in-joke... It gets old. It gets real old, real fast. Um, the, and, uh, no, the
0: the gnomes in Outland who basically have a star. It's an extended Star Wars joke. Yeah. That's when I started to realize this was going to start being a thing in zones.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like a Blades Edge quest, and the entire area is basically an extended Star Wars joke.
1: Yeah, and and the thing is, is like I guess that didn't bother me as much. It, it, it was it, there, but it wasn't quite as like
0: heavy-handed. I don't think.
2: Harrison That's Jones, I think, is as heavy-handed. Like, they continue to be heavy-handed with Harrison Jones.
0: Yeah. I honestly think the gnome thing is you can ignore it pretty easily, so it's not too bad. When you can't ignore it, like, Harrison Jones' biggest problem is he won't shut up about how great he is and how terrible you are. That's and like, the, I'm the, one scenes, to all the I really work, didn't man. like
1: I, – I didn't like the fact how, like – the first couple of cutscenes were cool. Like the ones where, you know, you're swinging around on the vine and you're knocking over the statues and things. It's like, whoa, that's really neat. That's like a cinematic experience. And then later on, it gets to the point where it's like, it throws you into a cutscene so you can watch your character run up a hill. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? <laughs>
2: is I, I think even... the last time I remember Harrison Jones being funny or entertaining is probably. Wrath of the Lich King where you had to escort him like out of that crypt and he does the why did it have to be snakes line. Yeah. He, calls you a, he calls you kid or whatever. Like, he he it's Harrison Jones. That's funny.
1: And then he and leaves then, at the end and you never see him again and it was fine. And that
2: like that was the last time it was funny and I did enjoy that. I genuinely enjoyed that. But they kept bringing him back and they did Uldum, And It's like stop. <laughs> Please yeah. stop.
0: See honestly I'll tell you the truth. I didn't like him in, in Wrath because I don't like when somebody decides to show me how cool this NPC is by insulting my character, like I'm the one doing all the work here.
2: See, at the time, I still thought it was like, haha, he's he's saying these things, but I rescued him. He's just delusional, you know. Yeah. I still had that. He's this delusional, wacky guy. But then they kept doing. It. It's like, no, they actually mean it. He's supposed to be amazing. It's stupid.
1: How funny he says that he's rescuing me, but I very obviously rescued him, and there was something really funny about that. And then, yeah, I don't know. It kind of went overboard. Anytime it goes overboard like that, if it's just for like a quest or a small quest chain, okay, cool, I can see that. But any longer than that, it gets it gets real old um second question though he says with blizzard changing some of the rules in legion with regards to what class of specs can wield what weapons how do you think it'll work on pre-patch day for those of us using now invalid weapons such as my frosty k alt with his two-handed sword will he suddenly wake up
0: with
1: well hang on will he suddenly wake up with no weapon and should i be looking for a pair of swords now
0: thanks Clampett. go ahead rossi Second, you zone in on the pre-patch day. You will get a quest to go down to Stormwind Harmor and or Orgrimmar's blimp area. And all you will have to do is talk to a person and they will give you a weapon. Okay, so there's no effort involved. You don't have to pre-farm anything. Nope. nope. They'll the hand it over immediately. You get handed immediately and it's eye level 700. So, yeah, you'll be good to go. And doing the, uh, if you are a dual wielder and you're worried about that, uh, doing the, the whole quest thing that they will you'll be doing the the quest experience you will get another one so yeah you get equipped real fast so if you're like a hunter and you're like oh i'm survival i'm supposed to be meleeing now what do i do you will be handed a pole arm right at this right there like some happy orc will be like we got spear here's your spear you'll be like hey cool a spear i needed one of these because i don't know how to use a bow anymore thanks really? that <laughs> was really handy yeah, why why don't you know how to use a bow anymore? I don't know. I tried pointing it at people. I just forgot. <laughs> hold on a second, wiggly 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 wiggly. Oh, I remember how to use the bow now, but I don't know how to use a spear anymore. <laughs> Apparently, I can't hold these two. I can't hold these two opposing ideas in my head at once. I don't know what the problem is, but at least now I have a pet again. That's that's a good thing. I keep a pet in all three specs now. So yeah, but you you will be handed a weapon almost immediately. They they will take care of you. They 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 realized the problem when they did it. So. I kind of appreciate that,
1: that it's like, oh, no effort. They'll just hand it out. What do you think, Alex? Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. That's all. (laughs) I mean, what more do you want? You get a weapon. Cool. (laughs) That's the answer. They give you a weapon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Next question we've got, uh, we've got from uh, Creepin' Death, and Creepin' Death has a bunch of questions about the movie, which we may or may not be able to answer because we have not seen this film yet, so... Take that with a grain of salt. He says, greetings greetings watchers from the land down under. Creepin' death here, and I have some questions about the Warcraft movie that I'd like to ask. First off, do you think that the dwarf we have now seen in the trailers is Magni or
0: another dwarf
1: from Warcraft
0: lore? I think it's more likely to be Muradin, because Muradin traveled more.
1: Muradin...
0: Magni would have been been in in Ironforge.
1: I was going to say, well, there was... Yeah, is Muradin... Did Muradin feature in the first two
0: games? Was he... I don't believe so. I don't believe he got mentioned. But I mean, if it's not going to be one of the dwarves from Airy Peak, which you know, Curdon is at least in you know, Beyond the Dark Portal. Yeah. If it's not going to be them. Then Murden's the best option because he's like actually dealt with humans. He was it, even like ambassador to Lordran
2: at one point. The dwarf. If I'm if I'm thinking of the right dwarf, that dwarf looked vaguely kingly and Magni-ish, and I think he's there. Isn't there like some War Council like?
1: King? Yeah, probably.
2: So. It Uh, it depends.
1: It depends on where they take the movie. Because the thing is, is we don't know how much they've changed the lore for the film. There's some adjustments that they've made and there's some things that they've changed specifically because, you know, it works better in a film format and it works better on the big screen. One of those things that we don't know is we don't know... When the movie ends in the timeline, does it end at the end where Warcraft 1
0: ended, or does it end somewhere in the middle of Warcraft 2 or what? It feels like they're taking Warcraft 1 and 2 and making one film out of it.
1: Yeah, and if that's the but, case, then that might very well be Magni.
0: Yeah, but we'll see once we actually get to see it. All I know right now is that dude's got a beard.
1: Okay uh next question says: We know that we're going to see humans, dwarves, and high elves to some extent, but do you think we'll see any of the other peoples of Azeroth? According to IMDb, a Kul'tiran and Dr- Draenai mother are listed as well. I gotta say up front, Kul'tirans are human. Kul'tiran is just somebody that lives in Kul'Tiras.
2: That's, that's and they're not humans. a special race. Yeah, they're yeah.
1: humans, citizens of Kul'Tiras.
2: Couldn't that be somebody's name? The way it's written. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's a weird <laughs> name. Like Maybe they're Kul-Tir? the founder
0: of Cultirus, but that <laughs> wouldn't make sense either. <laughs> Kul- I am Cultiran, Lord of Cultirus. Yes, hello, I'm American man.
1: It's a lady though. So Yeah, it's being played by Valerie Wiseman, yeah. who is a lady. Correct.
0: So, so it could be a yeah.
1: And the Drenai Mother, well, we know that the Drenai are involved because it's their souls that were used to fuel the Dark Portal or whatever. Um, I think we saw that in one of the trailers, didn't we?
0: Yeah, saw something. I, I mean, I didn't get a really good look at it, but we definitely saw Goldon doing evil magic on some people that were not orcs. I'm, I, I might be thinking
1: about the BlizzCon stuff that they showed us. I'm not I think, sure. No,
0: I remember you talking about it. You talked about it. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: they had like... Dudes in cages, and they didn't look very obviously Drenai at the time because it was like a half second shot of footage or whatever. But they had the glowing eyes, and I'm like, oh, those are probably Drenai. Okay, so this is random Drenai mother number 100 or whatever. Um, maybe she's the one that they do a close up on when they bite it, so that's why she's in the credits. I don't know. <laughs> Next question says, do you think Medivh will play a big part in the story or not? To me, just judging by the trailers, it seems apart from the orcs and human conflict that Khadgar is the bigger focus than Medivh, or are they just holding back showing him a lot as he might be a bigger threat in the movie than Goldon
0: is? Honestly, i got to go back for a second. Yeah. Couldn't the Jedi mother be Garona's mother? Maybe. But anyway, I have no idea on Medivh. I've seen like clips of him doing like really awesome Photoshop filters, but that's that's all I got for you. Um he doesn't seem he seems i have no idea what they show like that weird like round terraced area that seems to be like i don't know if that's supposed to be dalaran or like medivh's tower or what
2: like the, there's the that statue. place
0: yeah you you remember it it's yeah. in the trailers i don't know what's going on there i don't know why there looks to be a statue of medivh in dalaran that would be odd but i thought it was like in it. stormwind
2: I think it's Stormwind. Yeah, where they went over Stormwind
1: Harbor and it was like, oh, there's a statue of a guy with a staff with the bird on top of it. That's like, well, that's new. Why would they put that there? But again, I think that's something that they're probably going to address in the film. And it might vary from lore
0: as we know it right now. But for all we know, Medivh is nothing but an unalloyed good guy in this movie. We have no idea. Yeah. You know, Medivh could just straight up be like a super nice wizard. They're kind of I mean, keeping well, I- that one close to their chest, and maybe maybe yeah. that's because there's going to be something really cool going on with it. We don't know, don't know. Uh, Anduin, uh, Lane, I'm glad you're here. I made I, I made Rice Krispie squares. You are the best wizard, Mediv. This guy's awesome. I love this guy. Yeah. He's we don't even have marshmallows in Azeroth, and yet he managed. <laughs> yes. Really, I don't I don't know how you do it. I literally don't know how you do it. It's magic. I don't Alex, have Alex. Any
1: thoughts on that?
2: I think this medieval statue is really bizarre. Yeah, that's all. That's that's. I looked at that rendering of Stormwind, and I go, "That statue does not look like it belongs here." But if it works, it works.
1: I guess. I wonder if it was like right. maybe it was part of a vision that Cadgar saw or something.
2: I don't
0: want to say. Yeah, we, we in the past we've had weird stuff in Stormwind, and it turned out to be visions.
2: Uh, so basically, my my, my thoughts is um, I don't think the trailer. If depending on how closely they're sticking to the games, I don't think the trailers are giving away like the twists that we Warcraft players know about. Um, I, I don't think it's the trailers haven't gone too much into what Medivh is all about. Um, Garona seems like you know the 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 good guy holding it all together, you know, bringing together the Horde and the Alliance. But we all know what she does yeah and the trailers haven't hinted at people that any haven't of that happening,
1: yeah, people that are unfamiliar with World of Warcraft or unfamiliar with Warcraft in general. You don't want to stick that in the trailer because that's gonna be a moment of surprise for those people, you know that's yeah. gonna be weird. It's like all this stuff that we've known for what like ten years or more. uh,
2: that's going to be spoilers for people (laughs) or maybe it doesn't happen maybe corona is just a good guy i don't know know.
0: my my wife made a point like she was hanging out with a friend and her friend said that orc girl and that guy are going to kiss aren't they my wife's like andrew and lothar is not going to kiss corona she got real mad she's like there is no smooching between andrew and lothar and corona it's not canon the trailers
2: have been setting up setting that up but maybe it's misleading i don't know i'm i'm god i hope terrified of that happening I, I was hope like, they I, I, don't. But it's like I said to her, honey, it, it it
0: doesn't necessarily have to follow the plot of the games. that she gave me such a hook. Which <laughs> <laughs> was well, like, you know, okay. um,
2: Orgrim Sorry. Doomhammer is a frost wolf.
0: Yeah,
1: they did change that. And I think Kaczynski posted on somewhere or he mentioned it somewhere. He said, yeah, they did change him to be a frost wolf. But it makes there's a reason why they did it for the purpose of the film. And it makes total sense. So, OK. All right. I'll go ahead. I'm going into this with a grain of salt anyway, because I have all of this like encyclopedic all this stuff is in my head and I kinda have to like put it aside when I go see the movie and just take the movie on its own as its own hey, thing.
0: If Anduin and Lothar ends this movie still alive, I'm I'm already happier with it. <laughs> and also if at some point big old Ash Condi looking sword comes out that'd be that. Yeah, you could just, in fact, the movie could just star Ash Condi and I'd be okay. It stars the And sword. starring Ash Condi. You, you have no idea <laughs> how <itself>. hard it is. As itself.
2: Having watched Vikings, I can't wait to see all of the comments from people watching the Warcraft movie talking about Travis Fimmel's weird hand motions. Oh, yeah. His hands are always doing something. His hands are very animated and things. wacky.
1: That's just, that's always how he's done. Th- yeah, that'll be interesting. Okay, uh, next question is from Salvatore, and he says, Hello to all. My main is a Forsaken Protection Warrior. The Royal Crest of Lord Ron is among my favorite shields aesthetically, and I'm wondering if you had any thoughts or suggestions about an undead character using an item presumably from before the fall of his former kingdom. Any other in-game items that would or would not make sense from a Forsaken lore perspective? Many thanks, love the site, and show Salvatore.
0: I don't know how this question got in here. How would someone do that? (laughs) I don't know. a warrior transmog question that's just mad uh first off that's a brilliant choice for a forsaken because uh almost all forsaken are from lordaeron yeah so
1: so it makes would... sense that he would have that kicking around maybe from his former life
0: yeah, if he was like a soldier in the armies of lordaeron he would probably have some items with its with its crest on them uh there's um a lot of things actually in terms of weapons that I think work really well. They're mostly vanilla items. Um, yeah. There's one, sword, there's a sword in particular. If you're going two-handed, there's a sword called Demon Shear, which uh, drops in Strat. Um, it, it drops off of Balnazar in Strat. Still does. It always has. It did in vanilla and it does. And it's basically a really lovely red and 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 uh, gray patterned blade. It's just, it's the exact same model as the Arcanite Champion. It's just a straight up. It's a simple two-handed sword. It's not really fancy or complicated. It's just a recolor? It's, this, it's just got an intricate coloration on the sword itself. Okay. Uh, it, and it looks really good for, I think, Forsaken because it's... Honestly, one of the things that worked really well for Forsaken is, is simpler looking gear because simpler looking gear allows their knees and stuff to show. It gives you the sense of decay. And plus, it makes sense that you'd have gear from before because you probably got buried in some of it. You know, a lot of these guys came up out of the ground. Like they're not all, not everybody caught the plague, died on the ground, and then got up. Some of them were buried. So you you can play around with all sorts of stuff. There's um there's a really great uh, set of armor that that works for this that that comes from various dungeons uh, in BC. Uh, not in BC. Um in vanilla, that the, when they revamped Akata, they they brought this set in. Uh, and one of the pieces I know drops in in of all places, it's a quest Thank you, motorcycle outside uh drops and Zulfarok it's an actual quest item you get for doing Zulfarok rock uh, i can't remember what it's named but it's like just these big bulky sh- you know shoulder armor and the whole set is like around level 50 so if you do the dungeons at around level 50 like 45 to 50 you'll get the set and it's just a very it's a silver and metallic looking set it doesn't have a lot of like frippery to it it doesn't have like a lot of over like over much detail it has just enough detail to say um you know warrior and i is think it like the really knights
1: here well. or whatever it, the one that looks like it's like silver and chainmail
0: kind of it doesn't quite look like the you know like there's that stormwind guard set it no this one like isn't that. the stormwind guard set i think it's called
1: the knight set is what it's called or something like that um and it's it's like sterling silver looking metal with like chain link that kind of links it together.
0: Yeah, I think if you're talking about the one, I think you are. That it's it is the one. But I'll... it looks
1: like generic knight number whatever, and it would totally work for somebody who's
0: supposedly from Lordran. Yeah, but What's... Forsaken tend to work with gear that looks um that reveals their state. Anything that's not too like overly bulky. Like I honestly feel like um Forsaken look kind of bad in like say tier six, only because their shoulders are too narrow. So they don't get the bulky look like, you know, an orc really gets that big giant helmet and the big giant shoulders, but they slim down on a Forsaken. So I like simpler stuff on Forsaken. What were you saying, Alex?
2: What's that like vanilla black male set that's ludicrously expensive in RP servers? Uh, Ebon, Ebonhold.
1: Oh, yeah. um, Ebonhold. And there's you can get bits and pieces of it that that look kind of like it from um, I want to say
2: Blackrock Depths. It, it is male and not plate, but I don't know if that's becoming plate with Legion.
0: I had that on Hattie for a while when she was going it for has, her goth yeah. phase. If it's got strength on it, then it's going plate and Legion. If it doesn't, it's not. Well, and I, would, I would tell you this, except my browser is completely locked up. So I can't. <laughs> it was a cool set, though. And
1: I think that actually like wraps us up time-wise, doesn't it? Seems so. looks like it okay blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience
0: This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have any questions or emails for the site, please send them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love getting emails and talk about pretty much anything. I think we covered a pretty wide gamut of stuff today, and we keep trying to do that every week. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be here next week.